If work feels more like play for you, or you'd like it to be that way. If you have the heart to help others and you're looking for ways to grow your business as a healthcare professional, if you are ready to adjust your practice to suit who you are and the life you want to live, then maybe the ideas in this show will help you expand your impact a little bit more. I'm Melissa Longo and my guests and I are here to lead the way to more impact, more success, more joy in your life and business. So let's stop wasting time. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, before we hop into today's incredible conversation, I just want to give you a little bit more insight as to why I'm a fan of Jane. Jane is a complete practice management software designed to help you run your practice, but also make your life easier and prevent no-shows. Look, I know how much we care about the people that we care for. Life happens. Sometimes people miss appointments, but if we can prevent this from happening, obviously our business is going to grow. And more importantly, people are going to get better results. Now, one of the most common reasons for no-shows is obviously forgetfulness. So bolstering your communication is key to helping the patient show up for scheduled appointments. With Jane, you can create effective reminders that include appointment details and clear instructions on how to cancel and reschedule. You can also choose between a text, email, manual phone call, or a mixture of all three, depending on what works best for your individual style of practice and your patients. I love not having to remind people and they love getting a nudge. I cannot tell you how many times I get told Thank goodness I got that text message. I'm so thankful for these reminders. I was afraid that people were going to get annoyed by all the reminders I got, but it has actually been the reverse. People have loved it and they have more importantly made their appointments. Look, if you're curious to learn more, head over to Jane app, book a demo with one of the members of their amazing team and use the code RockstarDoc and you will get one month grace just to check things out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. This one is going to be juicy. This one's going to be fun. I was introduced to today's guests by a good friend of mine who just said, you know, you just have to talk to Melanie. You just have to do a session with her. And I truthfully signed up and booked the session with her, not really knowing what I was getting myself into, not knowing what to expect, which I think is actually a really beautiful place to be when you want to start, you know, exploring a healing journey you know, for yourself. If you have a lot of expectations, I think that can sometimes cloud our, our experience. So I jumped into my experience with Melanie and I loved it. And I've since followed her work. And I think she's going to add a really interesting perspective into our conversation about ways to adjust your life and your practice. So um, I'm going to let her introduce herself. And we're talking a little bit about her story. Melanie Hustis is an energy alchemist. She has trained in Reiki. She is constantly evolving and exploring her own healing. And that is basically the foundation of the work that she is doing with her clients. So thank you, Melanie, for your time today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm super excited. Thank you for having me. So I kind of gave you a teeny bit of an introduction, but I would love to hear or for listeners to sort of get to know a little bit about the work that you are doing right now. And then I'd love to pull apart like how you got to this point and what your story and your evolution to this journey has been. How long have we got? It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> so right now I am primarily working with women and helping them turn their lead into gold. That's the whole energy alchemy idea. And I do this through three main tenets. One is through what I would call human authenticity. 
which is really just accepting where you are, who you are, what's gone on. Um, spiritual connection. There's so much more to us than these physical bodies. And I feel the more that we can bring that in, the better. And then finally, trauma healing. Mm. And it can be the big T, the little T. All of us have had some type of experience that is typically still held within our bodies and affecting our current circumstances. Mm. I find that if we can access and really look at these three areas, it brings us back to our truth. Mm-hmm. And when we resonate in the vibration of truth, that's where the magic happens. Mm. So and that's, that's healing happens. Healing happens. So that yeah. is where my focus is and what I'm primarily working on right now. So we talk about your practice, mm-hmm. the opportunities that people have to work with you. Is it uh, one-on-one? Is it in an actual physical you know, studio space? Is it online? Is it in group? Is it like, let's talk a little bit about your, your business yeah. model and how okay. people, how you help these women turn lead into gold. Sure. So you absolutely can work with me one-on-one through sessions. I also run a group called the Alchemy Lab, where we come together um, as a bigger group. And everything that I do without exception is done online over Zoom. And it's interesting when I tell people that now they're always like, oh, the pandemic, right? So you had to switch when that happened. And for me, that's not the case. So I have always, I shouldn't say always, but for the past eight years or so have been online only. I have a physical location where I used to take clients, but I don't take them in person anymore. And there's a really important reason for this. A lot of the time people will say, well, how can you have that connection? How can you have that support, that healing happen when you're not physically in the same room? But the thing with energy is it's not bound by time or space. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't need, we don't need to be in physical contact for this to work. And when I had people physically in my office on my table and I would put my hands on them, Part of my brain would be focusing on what does this person need? How can I help them doing the energy work? But the other part of my brain is, are you comfortable? Do you need another pillow? Do you have to pee? Can I get you a glass of water? And so what I found was that the work I was doing was less effective Mm. because not 100% of my magic, the stuff that I can do really well, um, I wasn't putting all of my energy to that. And when it was one day, I forget the reason, to be honest, it was so long ago, but I had to do a distance session session rather for someone. And I, we just tried it because that's a big thing with me. Let's experiment. Let's see how this works. And the results blew both of us away. Hmm. And so I realized this is a way I can offer more. And also if you're not in my direct area, we can still work together. Mm-hmm. So you found that being there um, in physical proximity was distracting in a sense. It was distracting totally. you from your, your gifts and your skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I love so much of what you just said. We talk, the whole focus of the show is adjusting your practice, right? And building a business that aligns with who you are as that evolves over time, but also one that works for your business model and the kind of care that you want to deliver, but also your family life. So it sounds to me like you were able to um, evolve according to how your business needs and you're experimenting, but how has this also affected? You have two kids, I do, par- yes. a partner. Uh, I'm assuming lots of things you love to do when you're not, you know, working with your, with the women that you, your, or your clients. So how is your ability to, to shape this practice model, uh, given you that permission to live your own life as well? So I think for me, it actually happened in the opposite way. It's not that I had this business and I had to figure out how do I fit this into my personal life? 
It's that I had my personal life and then I decided I wanted to create a business that supported that. Hmm. So I worked in finance for about a decade, um, totally stressed out, had anxiety, panic attacks. I had to take stress leave at one point. I almost lost one of my pregnancies because of the stress. And that's how I was living my life. And after I decided to leave and I was a stay-at-home mom for quite a long time, and I realized that's what's important to me. It's not building this incredible business or working my my way up in the company that I was in, which I previously thought was the goal. It was finding peace, finding Mm. true connection, waking up and being happy to be in my day, not how do I get through this and how do I hold on to the weekend? So it was an an opposite kind of thing for me. How can Mm -hmm. I make money? How can I be fulfilled? How can I help others without messing up this great base that I have, this foundation of peace and of connection and of happiness? Mm -hmm. So my business always comes second. Yeah, I love it. And because some of us have, I mean, I I think it's, I always say it's easier to start from that perspective than to untangle the things that aren't working. And whether that's a relationship or bad health habits or a business model that's not working for you, everything is always possible. So listeners, if you were hearing like, oh, fuck, I'm in this place right now and I'm not happy, like we can, everything is changeable. Everything is always figureoutable and and you can always make a change. But if you are really clear about where you want to start and you can build your business to really reflect your life. It is so much easier. And I know that a lot of people have done it the way you were doing it. Or there's people like me that also did the opposite and got to a place of thinking, um, I love my work, but I really love my kids more. And I'm not showing up the way I want to, and I'm exhausted and I'm stressed and I don't, I want to be a chiropractor and I want to provide care, but I want to do it in a different way. And so then I shifted my practice to create something that was more balanced for me. So good for you for having those boundaries. And, um, and, you know, you mentioned in our pre-chat that when you talk about your healing, it started with yourself. Like you basically staying home with your kids out of finance, you started doing your own self-care, self-healing, and that led you down the path of studying Reiki and then offering your healing work to other people. So can we talk a little bit more about what that process was like for you? Absolutely. So I first, before I get into that, I do want to just clarify this particular business came from really clear boundaries and a beautiful foundation. Mm. My life has not unfolded in that way. So for anyone who's listening, thank you <laughs> You absolutely can redirect, can shift past. Um, Like you said, everything is figure outable. I just don't want to put forward this image that, oh, I've got everything lined up and it just kind of rolled out perfectly. Could not be further from the truth. Yeah. Thank you for adding that because oftentimes, again, we learn from our experiences, right? And you were really clear on your boundaries and your time and making this business work for your family life because you probably had moments where it didn't, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 And still, and still ongoing, right. With with kids and family and and the unexpected things that life throws at us. So, um, and I was actually, we will touch, I think we want to talk about boundaries a little bit again, because I imagine with you um, that, you know, there's an energetic component to the work that you're doing with people. And so then how do you protect yourself from taking on people's stuff? And I mean, I a chiropractor, but I know people leave a lot of emotions behind in my practice. And there's times when 
things get heavy or I feel it, I need to, my self-care needs to be high so that I can keep delivering great care for people and boundaries and, and recalibrating your energy and self-care is really an important topic for all healthcare professionals. So yes. boundaries for you, have they had to come into place because of your gifts and your intuition and what you're picking up from other people as well? Absolutely. Boundaries are paramount, I think, in all facets of my life. And I have really clear ones because of all of the, I don't want to call them mistakes because it's just a learning opportunity, all of the mishaps, all of the overwhelm that has happened, but two things specifically around boundaries that are important for me, um, with work, I have decided not to really have clear energetic boundaries while I am, I am in session and this flies in the face of what anyone will tell you you're supposed to do. You know, you can invite in all sorts of evil entities, uh, lower vibrational energies, overwhelm, but I know how to handle that. And I know how to handle that because I've built up my experience and capacity over the years. And when I open up to allow pretty much everything to come in, I've got the whole picture. I know exactly mm. what's going on. I can see everything. I can feel everything. And therefore I am guided how to best support that person. Even if it's not sunshine and roses, right? We can learn mm. so much more from the dark and the density and the uncomfortable stuff. So I really open up to not having a whole lot of boundaries in session, but then how I balance that is that I prepare very clearly for each session. I get myself to a place where I can handle what's going to come in. I can't walk into a session willy nilly because then I won't, I might be caught off guard, right? Then at the end of each session, I have a very extensive clearing practice that I do to release everything that isn't mine, to get it out of my body, to get it out of my office. I clear my house, I clear my land. So it's a choice that I have made around boundaries, but then I have put in other practices that make that a safe thing to do. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think this is a really great transition into helping our listeners really get a sense of like, what is an energy alchemist? Like, what exactly <laughs> do you question. do? Or do we just call it the magic of like, I sat across from you on Zoom and all kinds of conversation was happening and you were coming up with things. And I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. So let's talk about actually what your work is as best as we can. Okay. So this is something, it's a conversation that you'll probably get a different answer from me every time you ask, because <laughs> it is a different experience for me. Every time every person brings their unique energy, their unique needs, um, you know, it, it's always, it's always a surprise. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But the basic format that I work by is when I meet with a client, I will call in all of their guides ahead of time. So they always stand to my right and they talk to me throughout the whole session. So they tell me information that I'm not picking up that I wouldn't know that maybe the person would feel uncomfortable sharing with me. So it's mm -hmm. like a flow of information there. And then I connect to the person's body and I can go into your body and your body talks to me and I can see where energy is stuck. I can see where things are not optimal. And then on top of that, we have a conversation. Mm -hmm. So what happens is I get the information from the guides, the information from your body, and then the information from you. And that is how I am guided. What can we do? And so then I have a long list of different tools we can use depending on what is required, which will be different in every session. So you mentioned I'm a Reiki master. I'm trained in energy healing. I've taken um, somatic training, somatic experiencing, Feldenkrais method, 
I have counseling experience. Um, I mean, it's just a really long list mm-hmm. of what I have been taught and how I show up from those different places depends on what you specifically need. Mm-hmm. So I don't follow, you come to me, we do A, we do B, we do C, because I don't know that that's what you actually need. Yeah. It reminds me, making me think of the art, right? And this is what I, I hope to bring to this, this show and this conversation is like the your in the practice, right? Like it's going to be your experience and your interpretation. So even if we only, if you only practice Reiki, mm-hmm. your interpretation of Reiki and your intuition and what you feel is going to be different than a different Reiki practitioner potentially, right? Absolutely. And the nuances that you bring. And I think these are the things for people to highlight in their practices of what makes your practice you and highlight like absolutely what makes you different. And Listeners, I will put in a couple of links because I did do a show on the power of being different and why from a branding and marketing perspective, you need to embrace that. Um, so for you, we talk about like someone comes to you, you yeah. do your thing, you guides your conversation, and then you give them resources on what I'm hearing afterwards for them to follow up with whatever yeah. came through their session with you. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. in the actual session itself, um, I do most of the, what I would call the heavy lifting. So I move the energy in your body. I can shift what's physically going on. Um, we can go to past lives. I can clear old patterns. We can do cognitive behavioral therapy. We can do, you know, neuro-linguistic programming. Again, there's all of these things within the session that we can immediately shift mm-hmm. and everyone's different. How each person processes energy is different, but some people have immediate shifts mm-hmm. physically. Emotionally, mentally, others, it may not happen that way. It may slowly roll out over time. Yeah. Um, But then part of the, I call it soul work, it's optional homework, is what you're talking about. Because I'm not here to heal you. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. I'm here to support you on doing that for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I will give you, well, more often than not, it's the guides will bring in the information of what you can do going forward on a daily basis to continue this healing, to open up new areas that you may want to explore and to keep that energy in a really good place. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things that are coming up for me. Um, One is, have you ever had people who were resistant to, you know, who maybe signed up or didn't know what they were getting them, what they were booking you for? They were, again, just highly referred because you've got a great reputation and has anyone had any resistance? Because some people might even be listening to this going, what the hell is she guides? Who's guides? Like, you know, there's this metaphysical world that you're tapping into um, beings like angels, whatever. Yeah. And some people don't have a belief system that embraces that or is even open to that. Yes. So have you ever had experiences like that? And what would you even say to someone listening right now? Who's like, this is all crazy. What is Melissa talking? Like, what is going on here? I'm not yeah. following. So absolutely, I've had that happen, but I can count on one hand, less than five fingers, how many times it's happened. And I've been doing this professionally for about 12 years now. Mm. It rarely happens because I am so upfront and honest about who I am and what I do. And the fact that it is crazy. I'm not pretending that this is going to make sense. I can't explain it. It's difficult to put into words how it works. So most people, just like yourself, when they decide to book with me, it's not that they believe or they have an expectation, They're just curious, they're just willing. Mm-hmm. And when you can show up from that place of just being open to what happens, then we absolutely can, you know, shift the energy and, and do some, some changing. 
for anyone who's listening and is like, what the hell is she talking about? I would say, I'm not your girl. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't have yeah. to agree with me. You don't have yeah. to understand. If this sounds ridiculous, I'm not the person to help you right now. And yeah. I would encourage you to go to someone when you listen to them speak and what they're talking about, you're like, hell yes, I'm curious. I want to learn more about that. That's my stuff. Mm-hmm. I, and just, yeah, I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. Mm-hmm. All I know is that if this journey, if this path is something that can help you, there's going to be a twinge. There's going to be a curiosity. There's going to be something, even if you can't explain it. Yeah. It is going to call you to lean in a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm at a place in my, in my business, in both my businesses, in my coaching and consulting work and in my clinical practice that I'm not here to convince anyone. And, yeah. and it's also such a beautiful way when I talk to my clients about, you know, reducing stress in your practice, it's really getting clear on who you want to work with. And also really being clear, we talked about boundaries on who you don't want to work with. And that doesn't mean that you don't want to send them love and, and find them a great referral and, and be honest about your skills and the kind of work that you do. But it's a lot, it adds a lot more joy to your practice and your business life when you are with the right people that value your work and don't challenge you and trust you and, and want what you have. And so I really admire, you know, the clarity that you have around defining Uh, who you are and what you do, but also I'm not your girl, like, and owning, (laughs) owning, like, uh, it's okay. If you, someone doesn't fit with who you are, is that something that um, came to you naturally? Or did you have experiences where, you know, again, people came to you and you're like, um, this is not right for me. And it made you get really clear on who you want to work with, who you don't want to work with. Is this why you only work with women or do you work with men, children, anyone else? Yeah. So I do work with anyone who is open to doing this work with my private sessions. Okay. Anything that is a course that is a group within my community, it's only women. Okay. That's just most of my clients are women. Anyhow, the men and children that come to me are nine times out of 10, the husbands and children of the women (laughs) that I work with. (laughs) Right. Um, So it just, it seems to be a better fit, but as far as has this, this has been a lifetime's journey, um, a discovery of just be, coming to this place. I've had so much practice, not in business, but in life around being the weirdo. Um, you know, I've spoken to spirit my entire life. So I was the weird kid growing up. We moved constantly as well. So I was always being put into situations where I didn't have friends. I was on the outside Um, I've just always viewed life in a different way than most people. I'm very outspoken. I don't try and hide that. So I've really, I guess, I don't want to say built up a a thick skin because it's not that it's the opposite. I'm more open than I've ever been, but I am so okay with not being everyone's cup of tea because of all the times I've tried to be, I've tried Mm. to fit in, to alter, to tone down, right? To be less Mm -hmm. than what I am. And I know what the result is. And the result is that I feel like crap because I'm not in my truth. Yeah. It's not a real relationship because you can't have true connection based on a lie. And that person really doesn't like me anyhow, at least not the true me. Yeah. And so throughout like literally almost five decades of trial and error with this, 
I'm just so okay with being who I am and lovingly embracing those either friends, family, clients who want to be with me and everyone else. Like, it's not even that I'm sad about it. It's just go and find your people. Like I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much less work. I agree. <laughs> I agree. In our personal lives and in our business lives. Absolutely. And I often say, you know, the fastest way to an unhappy life is trying to be someone you're not. Yes. And I think, you know, I've had similar, similar di- different experiences like we all do, but times when I was, I was wearing a mask, you know, in practice, you know, in relationships and in, in, in the community, I'm thinking, who am I trying to be? This isn't actually who I am. And the more I stripped away all those things, the happier I, I became. And the, the more I, st- I felt like I was starting to shine because I was just being myself. Yeah. And I get this comment constantly now, like you're just, I just love how much you're just always yourself. And I always say to people, I don't know what other, the alternative is, but I catch myself now after with this conversation thinking, well, yeah, the alternative is to not be yourself. The alternative yeah. is to pretend I will be happy when I will be successful when I'm going to fake it till I make it like that whole bullshit. And I think that robs people of a lot of joy. Well, and think of how many times we have been told exactly what you said, fake it till you make it. Yeah. We are actively told this by so-called professionals and experts that it's <laughs> yeah. okay to dull your light, yeah. to make yourself small, especially as women, dear Lord, we are constantly fed that message, whether overtly or subtly. Yeah. Of course we, we try it, mm-hmm. right? It's hard yeah, and then you realize that. you need to reroute yourself or there's been some, some gap somewhere. Yeah. And that's yeah. hard to do. It can be scary to do. Yeah. So I certainly believe that everyone has an intuition. Do you? hundred percent. So if people, I would say, okay, yeah, (laughs) it's part of who we are. Right. And so, but some people have a tough time, um, tapping into it, you know, possibly understanding. Um, and I've had this moment too, where I'm just like, I I feel something in my body Mm -hmm. and and this is, is this excitement? Is this nerve? Is, is this my intuition saying run the fuck away? Like, this is a bad, like, so how would you give people advice about, how to tap into your intuition more and also like how to differentiate between, you know, perhaps intuition and fear or that those body signals we have, you know, we have the, I I feel, and I'm, this is just my experience Mm -hmm. that I know in my, in my body and in my heart, in my gut, when something is right for me or wrong for me, but sometimes that feeling can get a little muddled with the natural body reactions of excitement, of fear of, of, you know, the stress of something new. And it's hard to sometimes differentiate. And I also think for me, sometimes I pick up other people's energy because of the work I do as well. So clarifying it all, you know, I know I just gave you a lot of information there, but if (laughs) someone is listening and saying, I don't know if I really listen to my intuition, how can I do it better? Um, What advice, basic advice could you give to someone? So the first place I would start is clearing your energy. Okay. It's just like you said, as a chiropractor, you pick up on a lot of people's energy, but I'm going to go and say, no matter what your profession is, you are picking up other people's energy. And we, we talk about being an empath or an HSP, you know, there's a lot of different labels that we can throw around to explain this. I believe that just like everyone has intuition, everyone is an empath, Mm. have a natural ability. It's a biological thing. It's not even woo woo. It's not spirit. Our physical bodies have these functions built in to help us be human. And the sad part is we're not taught how to use it and how to manage that. So we often shut it off, 
right? Right. So if you are trying to discern if something is your intuition or not, and you're carrying the stress of your kids, the worry about your parents, your client's energy, you're not going to get a clear answer. So I would start by having a clearing practice, right? Clear your energy at least once a day. What does that look like for people? Like, so this is, I'm a big believer in finding what works for you and what is simple and straightforward. Because if you have this big, elaborate 30 minute clearing practice that you have to fit in as another thing on your to-do list, no one's going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it can be as simple as cranking up your favorite song and move your body to shake off the energy. It can be getting into the shower. That's an easy one for me to do. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's even why I love to dance so much. It's like, just got to change the vibe right now. Right. And don't you feel lighter after you do that? How do you, you cannot smile if you're dancing. Right? Like, yeah. Or if you get in the shower in the morning and simply set the intention that that water, as it washes over your body, say, please take away any energy that isn't mine and send it down the drain. And thank you. So you're already in there washing your hair, brushing your teeth, whatever. Let the water do the work for you. Mm-hmm. Go outside, put your feet on the earth, ask mother earth to take what isn't yours. It doesn't have to be complicated, right? But find some way every day. Intention is key. Mm-hmm. Setting the intention that you are no longer going to hold the energy of others in your body. So that's number one, essential. Okay. So clear, start by clearing your energy. Clear your energy. And then the second thing I would say, and I'm trying to keep this succinct <laughs> we can go down a few rabbit holes here, Yeah. but I always like to put my hand on my heart when I do this work, because what we're trying to get out of is ego, essentially the, mm. the brain, right. And when I put my hand on my heart, that's a reminder that I'm getting out of my head into my body. I'm not thinking intuition isn't thought intuition is feelings. So I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to feel about it. So I put my hand on my heart and let's say the question is, should I buy that dog I saw in Kijiji? (laughs) So cute. So hand on heart, I take a nice deep breath and then I'll say, should I buy that dog that I saw in Kijiji? Instantly, you're going to get a yes or no. Instantly. And then right after that, all of the reasons why not or why two are going to start rolling in. Okay. So if I get a yes, oh, but dogs are expensive. You're going to have to take it for walks. What are you going to do when you travel? What if it hates the cats? That first response is always your intuition without exception. Hmm. Anything that comes in after that is your ego trying to keep you safe. So you listen to the first thing that comes through and it could be like, boom, boom, almost at the same time. But that first thing is your intuition. That's what you go by. Hmm. Everything else, just let it roll out. And then there's something else I was going to say, how to tell the difference. That's what you're asking. Oh yes. The difference between between intuition. Again, you have to practice. You have to play around with this because everyone's a little bit different. But for me, when I think of something that is not in alignment, fear comes up, it's Mm -hmm. fuzzy, it's unsettling. It doesn't feel good. And intuition or my truth is kind of like an acceptance or a, okay, I don't necessarily like the answer. It doesn't mean there may not be fear around what comes next, but inherently in the body, there is a tension or there is a relaxation. Mm. So fear is going to tense up. Fear is going to get you into that sympathetic state, right? Your heart's going to start going. You're going to get sweaty. That's not what intuition feels like. Intuition is that parasympathetic, right? That, I can just take a breath here. 
Mm-hmm. So that's my best advice on how to tell the difference. But again, yeah, I think it's a good one. Theater, yeah. It's going to be hard to discern. It's going to be hard to get out of that, that uh, activated state. Right. Yeah. It's um really great practical advice. And I listeners, I hope you, I hope you embrace your own intuition because I believe it's never wrong. And I can absolutely say majority of the things I've done in my life have been led by that, you know, and there's even times I'm like, even the show, like uh, something's changing. So, and I can feel it. Something's coming up. I don't know what it is yet. And then it'll, it'll just drop into me or I'll, I'll get a really clear idea and I will sit with it. And I'll just, even now talking about it, I can feel my heart just feeling happy and ease because I know that I'm aligned with work I'm supposed to be doing. So that's a great reminder. So thank you for sharing that. It's very practical. And I think what you just said is helpful too, that when you feel it, it just drops in. Mm-hmm. So intuition, it drops in, it comes in, it's automatic. When we're trying to convince ourselves of something out of fear, out of obligation, out of whatever, that's an active participating state. We're trying to make it happen. Intuition, just boom, it's there. Which makes me go down a while. I feel like I want to go down another conversation, you know, I don't want to say whole, but here, like people are overthinkers at times, right? Yeah. <laughs> me too. And, <laughs> like, and if you're overthinking, you're not really using your intuition. You must be using yeah. more of your ego or your past experiences or your limiting beliefs. And um, how, what advice would we give to people? I mean, we also know that, what is it saying that, um, paralysis by analysis, right? Like yes. people can get stuck in taking the next step because they're wanting it to be perfect. They wait until it's all right. And that is the recipe again for, I think a lot of lack of fulfillment because you miss all the, the chances you never take. Yep. So my best advice for that would be come back to your body. Right. And get out of the head, get into the body. So hand on heart, right? Notice your breath. Right. By this, I want to be clear. I do not mean slow your breath. So many people think that you're supposed to automatically. You don't need to do that. You don't want yeah. to, do that unless you're in a regulated state already, in which case you don't need it. Right. Notice your breath. Just notice how it feels coming <clears throat> out of your body. <clears throat> notice your feet touching the floor. What does it feel like right now? I've got carpet underneath my feet. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like under my toes? Look around you, just notice, oh, there's, you know, the picture on the wall. Here's the glass I'm drinking out of. Anything you can do to bring your awareness into the now, right? Into this Mm. present moment. There is no anxiety now. Anxiety is always about what if, what's next. It's the future. Yeah. So anytime you feel yourself in an anxiety state, in a state of panic, fear, you're not actually present. So do whatever you can to bring yourself here. And the quickest way and the most accessible way for all of us to do that is to notice our bodies. Mm-hmm. One thing I know that you said to me was uh, the importance of, of feeling our feelings mm-hmm. and letting, like a lot of times we will have feelings and it could be grief. It could be anger. It could be fear, sad, like anxiety, And I think we try to, we try to get rid of them, right? Like, okay, let me just, I'm feeling really angry, angry right now, really edgy, really restless. Let me just breathe and make it go away. Whereas if we let the feeling come up through us, Mm -hmm. then it can create more of a release so that it doesn't actually come back. Right. Absolutely. And I think too, there's, it's important to differentiate between emotion and feelings. So emotion is a physical reaction. It's not 
something we're thinking about. Feelings are kind of like the story we slap onto the emotion. So an example like that would be, let's say all of a sudden I start to feel really sad mm. and maybe I start to tear up and I'm at a party or I'm doing the groceries or whatever. And I have no idea what's actually going on. If I just go, oh, I feel sad. That will pass in 90 seconds or less. The physical response is not long. So if I can just sit in my sadness without labeling it, oh, I'm sad because of this, or I'm sad because of that, without attaching a story to it, in less than two minutes, I'm not going to be sad anymore. (laughs) So it's this beautiful thing that the emotion passes and you can move on with your day. But like you said, it's out of you. So if I, let's say again, I'm at a party and I start to tear up and I don't know why, oh, I don't want to cry in front of anybody. This isn't appropriate. I don't know what's going on. So I push it down. I'm not feeling that when I push it down into my body, that energy doesn't dissipate. That energy is stored within the physical cells in the body. That's what trauma is. And repression, right? And repression. And from a health and healing perspective, mind-body connection is massive. People have stored anger. It can show up as cancer, right? It can show up as other degenerative diseases because the cells are holding that energy and that emotion. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we want to get it out because we don't want it to cause physical ramifications down yeah. the line. Um, and also it's going to keep trying to come up. So then guess what? I'm going to, I don't know, drop my pen and all of a sudden I'm going to lose my shit. Mm. Be- I'm not angry. I dropped a pen because all of this pent down emotion is trying to come up. It's going to find any excuse to come out. And then when that happens, we don't understand it. We often go into fear again. What does Mm -hmm. fear do? It constricts the body. It pushes it back down. So this 90 seconds of emotion that could have just, you could be dealing with for literally years, Mm -hmm. taking it on your kids, taking it out on your partner, taking it out on yourself, causing harm and damage because you didn't want to feel it. It's crazy how impactful denying is feel your feelings people (laughs) I think I mean we've had I mean I'm learning so much from our conversation about how to navigate my own you know life and business um and I hope you're taking some of these notes yourself listeners um so Melody how we talk about your business and the business of the work that you're doing how have you evolved that with time so did you start with just doing one-on-one work and then create a group out of a need or a shift Um, let's talk a little bit about that because I'm sure there's people listening that have other dreams for their business or want to expand, or maybe want to make a a change in how they're delivering their services. Mm -hmm. And you must, you must have some advice around that. So let's start with, you know, how did your business model start Has it evolved? Is it changing? Is it going to change again? Okay. So how it started was one-on-one Reiki clients in my dining room. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was at the insistence of my husband who really saw how it changed me. And I should say, he doesn't believe in Reiki. He doesn't believe in psychics, mediums. He thinks I'm totally batshit crazy, (laughs) but he sees the changes in me, how I'm a different person, how I'm happier, how I'm more connected. And he sees the effects on my clients. So even though he doesn't think it's real, he's the one that convinced me or encouraged me to start that. So that's where it started. And it has been a continual evolution and it will continue to evolve and change over time because my business is a reflection of my own healing journey. 
So the reason why I started offering Reiki was because I feel like Reiki saved my life. Hmm. It shifted so much. And I thought, how can I have this knowledge and not share it with other people? And I'm sure you can relate and many other people listening can relate to this. But when you have been in turmoil, for me, it was chronic anxiety, panic disorder, depression for decades. And to finally find something that lightens that load, you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everyone to be able to experience that. And that is how my business has evolved as my needs have evolved. If I, as I have healed more within myself, learned more about myself, then I bring that to my practice. And then I share that with my clients. So I have some clients that have been with me the whole time and we have evolved together. Mm-hmm. Then there are some clients that really liked the Reiki aren't into the, the mediumship. So they left. And then there's new people that come in because where I am now is more appealing to them, which I absolutely love. But as far as the business model, that has changed with it too. So I couldn't handle holding space for more than one person at a time back then. The idea of a group would have terrified me. Mm-hmm. But as my capacity grew, I was able to incorporate more people. And first, you know, maybe two people or three people and building my way up. It's also a part of what do I need? So my community, the Alchemy Lab, was essentially created because I wanted community. I wanted a safe space where I could share my truth, be my weird, crazy self, make mistakes, not have to explain, not have to apologize and be able to support others in doing the same. I didn't have that. I couldn't find that. So I created it. And it's the same with my courses. When I get through a huge shift, like a really hard healing shift in my life. And I think, I really wish that there was a format or a process that was given to me that made that a whole lot more clear and accessible. So then I create that for someone else. So it's hard to say exactly where I'm going to end up and what's next because I just follow my own life. And then I extend that into my business. Evolution, right? I think if we need to be constantly um, resolving to evolve, because if you are staying engaged and curious about life and, you know, I think that obviously fuels and facilitates our growth as healers if we're constantly learning or you can't stay stagnant, you know, because the research is changing, life is changing, our the, the um, anecdotal evidence that we see from our, our clients and our patients is changing. You need to be evolving with your with your practice and your business as time goes on. So I love it. I mean, you started in your dining in your dining room and now you've expanded to like you don't have to use your dining room because you've got Zoom now, right? You've got exactly. technology. You're yeah. finding ways to streamline it to offer uh, an impact to more people. And if you were to think right now about what are the things that have grown your business the most from a sort of marketing or branding or referral, like what are some of the things that really have supported your business growth over the years? Okay. So that's really simple. (laughs) (laughs) Two things. One referrals, like you said, yeah, totally different to find someone on the internet and debate bearing your soul in front of them. The work that I do, I mean, it's the, the ugly stuff that you don't want people to see. So you really want to find the right person. If that referral comes from someone, you know, and trust totally different. Right. And Mm. the other thing is showing up as myself, Mm. those two things. Now, over the years, I have taken so many business courses. I have hired professional marketers. I hired designers. I've 
tried all the things, you know, put tons of money into ads, tried different funnels, the works. None of it did anything but created more work and stress for me. Hmm, interesting. So probably about two years ago, I decided to stop trying to stop putting in any effort other than to being myself, to sharing that with the community that is interested. Yeah. And to supporting the people that wanted to be in front of me. And when I did that, I'm not going to say that, you know, everything shifted in my business, but I'm certainly growing and I'm certainly making more money in small increments. But the key is that I'm not putting in the effort. I'm not wasting my time, my energy, my money, because none of it was even working. Mm -hmm. And I just put that time and energy into, Hey, this is me. This is what I can offer. I don't even like to sell. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to convince you. I want to spread the word of what I can offer you. And if that feels good, amazing. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't amazing, maybe I can refer you to someone different. And when I really embrace that, everything shifted in my business as far as fulfillment, as far as I'm way more effective in sessions now. Um, mm. I just really, really freaking love it. And before yeah. it wasn't as light. Yeah, I would have to uh, agree with everything that you said from the perspective of when you invest in yourself and you're engaged in the work that you're doing and you're just showing up as yourself and doing the best work that you can. There's a vibration to that. There's a passion to that. There's a, there's a attractability that comes, right? And whether it's how you show up on a quick Instagram video or a post or something that you write, like people resonate and they see that. I'm at a point now with my practice, I, I don't do any paid marketing. Yeah. I'm generally quite referral-based. I'm a family-based practice, but people see how I show up in the community. They see the things I do on Instagram, the podcasts, even my coaching clients. And what they're attract, what they're drawn to is who I'm being and the right ones filter their way out the, the sort of yes. the wrong ones, you know, um, they, they unsubscribe from the email list or they stop listening. That's okay. I'm also like you, I'm totally okay because I would rather be around the right people for my business, people who love and accept and respect the work that I do and want to learn. And I want to learn from them and support them. That's a beautiful, harmonious relationship compared to the toxicity that comes from trying to make two people fit, (laughs) whether it's personal or business that just don't fit together. And a a concept that has really been on my mind lately, my husband and I have been having talks about it, is this idea of needing more, make more money, have more clients, get more locations, you know, more franchises, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. How we are indoctrined with this idea that that's success to have more. And I don't know that I want more. No, I love my life. I love my business. I love my clients. I love the fact that I can shift and change and evolve whenever it suits me without this driving force of you have to show up today. You have to take that client, even though you're exhausted. It's just not something I'm interested in anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's just shifting the way I look at the world, you know, even like the conversation we had last night was, well, if I'm not making say, you know, seven figures every year, which is kind of the goal for small business to hit Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Well, maybe I can't go out and buy everything I want today. Yeah. Maybe I have to save, maybe I have to wait, maybe I have to prioritize. Is that a bad thing? No. 
Like, <laughs> maybe that's what it's meant to be like. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't decided. I'm still, you know, having all of this simmer. But lately, yeah. I've really been guided to embracing less mm-hmm. and finding more grace, more connection, more happiness, what I would term success. Yeah. Pulling back, even in my business, actually, especially in my business. The yeah. less I do, the more success seems to come. Yeah. And I think it also goes back to, again, clarity. Um, and listeners, I'm going to put a couple of different links in our show notes here. One, if you're not, if you hear us talk about clarity and you're like, oh, I'm a little stuck, I'm not sure. We have a really great resource for you about three great ways that I believe that I work with my clients on how to find clarity. So you'll find that in the show notes. You're also going to find some links to some other podcasts, not this show, my show work, play hustle, heal, where I did some conversations around, um, being different, you're knowing your ideal client, why perfection is paralyzing. But the idea that you actually get to be the architect of your life, right? And so if you start to realize that you're hustling, you're pushing to make those seven figures, if that means something to you and it's aligned with your values, then go for it. I believe you people can have whatever they want. Agreed. As long as it's not at the experience or the, you know, of your family and your relationships and your health, because I've also worked with people who have a lot of financial success and yet they're incredibly unhealthy. Their relationships are disastrous and they're not fulfilled and they're realizing, um, I, I think I need to change something here because I've got what I thought I wanted and it actually is not what I want. There's something missing. So like we talked about earlier, untangling from what's not working is much harder than being clear to start with where you want and how much you need to fund your life. And if you want, if you need more money to support the life that you want, then great, go for it. But sometimes people are chasing things they don't even know they want, or they've been told someone else told them they should want that. And they really get clear, like, um, and I've had those moments where I'm like, why am I pushing so hard? Like we're actually, all of our needs are being met right now. And I don't want to double my workload. I actually want to be able to go to the beach, whatever day I want to go to the beach or ride my bike or just have more freedom. And uh, I think it's a great place for you to be, to be asking yourself, where am I at right now? What do I want? And um, I actually, this would be an interesting, we don't have a ton of time left here and I want to respect your time, but whether we are in a place where energetically, you know, there's, we're going into this age of Aquarius where there's some changes happening with the planets. Like again, folks, whether you believe in this stuff or not, there's energy around us that's shifting and guiding direction. And is there any connection here and people really evaluating their life and where they want to be and what they want to do moving forward with, with what is happening energetically, astrologically. Absolutely. And I am not an astrologist. I am not an expert in how that all works. However, I am, I don't even want to say an expert, but I know energy. I feel energy and it's very different collectively. The earth is vibrating differently. Um, Everything is shifting. And I believe it's for our highest good. I, you know, see the other side of it and it is phenomenal. But what is happening right now is meant to crack people open, to shake mm. things up, to really bring to the surface what is not working, to give you the opportunity to change. Mm. There's a lot of discomfort right now. There's yeah. a lot of physical discomfort for people right now. It's all happening for us. It's an opportunity to evolve. Yeah, I love it. Um, one thing that I'm just remembering, I wanted to bring up there too, when you talked about, um, you know, growth in your business and how it's come from you showing up at yourself and referrals, 
it never fails. And you take care of your physical health, your personal health, focus on being happy and fulfilled, your business will always follow. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a big reason why I've been so passionate too with my clients about like, make sure like, what are you doing for, with your relationships this week? Did you make time to be with your child, your child? Did you go for a run? You know how much running is important to you. And my clients do that. Guess what they're telling me? I actually just had the best month of my business. I don't know what I did differently. I'm like, I know what you did differently. One, you hired a coach, you're investing in yourself and your business. So that energy, that indirect energy that you're putting out there, like I want to grow. <laughs> there's a ripple effect to that, but right. you're also taking care of you. And there's, there's an attractability to that. Right. So I think it's something that you probably have seen with your clients as well. The thing with that, that I always say to people is your business is built from you. Yeah. Your relationships are built from you. Everything that you do stems from you. So if you are not in a place of peace, of clarity, of confidence, of alignment, how the hell can you create anything that is all of those things? Because the platform doesn't have it. It can't hold it. So no matter what it is you're trying to shift in your life, if you are trying to create harmonious health, if you're trying to create the best sex of your life, you know, the best relationship, the most successful business, you have to start with taking care of yourself first and foremost. And when you do that, everything automatically shifts around you. Mm-hmm. It can't not. So if you have an issue with your business, my suggestion would be first look, where am I holding that energy within myself? Shift that and your business, you won't have to fix that. Mm-hmm. This is probably a great point for us to wrap up our conversation today, although we could talk for probably hours here about so many other uh, (laughs) topics here, but you know, the focus of the show is adjust your practice. So let's highlight the word your, as we we wrap up here today, and that you are your business, you are your brand, you are representing health and well-being to the people that you work with, patients, clients. Um, And if you're not representing who you are and taking care of who you are and all your physical, emotional, social, spiritual needs, your business is going to, is going to be affected by that. So any, any final thoughts for people before we wrap up? Just continue to show up as yourself as much as you can, because that is going to open up opportunities and possibilities in your business and in your life. You haven't even considered yet because energy is in my opinion, the basis of everything. And when you vibrate at that vibration of truth of who you are authentically, The universe is going to bring you everything that you're dreaming of, but if you hide it, it can't see that. It can't find its way to you. We need you to shine people. We need you to be who you are and we need you to deliver the message of of health and healing the only way that you can, which is another link I'm going to drop in the show notes is why, you know, I had this conversation so many times with clients. It's like, you know, oh, I don't know enough. And I I, I want to do a course and teach a course, but I think I need to take it. No, you are just exactly where you need to be right now. Oh, well, someone else has taught something similar and they're not hearing it from you in your language with your personality. So we need you to shine. We need you to step into who you are. And if you need support and you need other people to help you uncover who you really are, there are plenty of people out here to support you. And certainly Melanie is one of those people. So we'll make sure also listeners that if you check out the show notes, you will have all the resources to find out more about Melanie's work. What is the best way you would love people to reach out and connect with you? So the two places you can find me are on my website at melaniehustis.com. 
and okay. on Instagram at Melanie Hustis. Because it's an uncommon name, I think there's maybe three of us in the entire world. <laughs> it's pretty easy to find. It's great. Is it possible for me to say just one more thing on what you were saying? For sure. Yeah. So the thing with waiting until you're ready is that there are people that need you now. Yeah. And the more evolved, the more professional, the more experienced version of you actually can't help them because you're no longer where they are. Yeah. So if we wait until we are quote unquote ready, we are denying our beautiful gifts from the people who actually need them. Exactly. And as you shift and as you grow, your clients will change and shift as well. But people need you at every single place along the way. So please don't wait. Please don't wait. And it gets you back to the, your why, right? I mean, if I think that if we shine, then other people's lives change. And if we hide back, we hold back on our truth, then other people's lives are negatively possibly affected. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure there was a much more succinct way to say that, but I just did this exercise <laughs> with a client. She wants to start a podcast and she's been stalling and delaying. I'm like, girl, like what, what's going to actually happen if you do this? And she actually talked through like, well, I'm going to push myself through, you know, something that's uncomfortable. I'm going to, and I said, no, no, no. Yes. All those things are true. But also when this message gets out into the communities of people that are listening to your podcast internationally, who's going to change? Well, teenagers are going to think differently. They're going to maybe heal. Yeah. So do we need another couple of days of teenagers struggling with their mental health or could they no. be listening? <laughs> could their parents hear your podcast today or tomorrow, next week and be like, holy shit, I can make a difference today. So absolutely, listeners, you have gifts inside you. You have a dream inside you that the world needs to hear because we all need, we all need to better, to better ourselves and to better humanity because of it. So thanks for adding that. No problem. All right, listeners, thanks for being here again. If you have questions for me or Melanie, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for the opportunity to share some ideas with you today. I truly hope you found something in today's show that resonated with you. But what I hope even more is that you take the content, you take something that you learned and use it to adjust your practice to make a shift in the lifestyle that you wanna live. If you love the show, please send us some feedback, please write a review, and most importantly, it helps us if you share it with others. Have an awesome day, friends. We'll catch you on the next show.